0: Uvamagyanatyamirantasya jananjana salakaya. Chakshur miritam je Sri si guru venamaha. Namahum vishnu paraya. Krishna Prastaya bhutale. Swami Sri bhakti vedanta prabhuparayate namaha. Guruvagyam shirasi dharjam shaktyavesha Swarupine Hare Krishnati Mantrena Paschacha Prachatarine Dibya Karunya Mutaye Sri Bhagavata Madhuja Gita Jnana Pradayane Gaura Sri Rupa Siddhanta Saraswati Nisei Bhine Radha Krishna Padambhoja Vringaya Guru Venamaha Devam devyatanum su balaka chelanchitam sandranandapuram sadeka varanam bhairagya vidyam budhim shi siddhanda nidhim subhaktila sitam sarasutanam varam pandetam subadam adeka shadanam yashishvaram sridharam Sri Guru Vashnav Guru Parampara ki jai Harinam Prabhu ki jaya. jaya. Haripur. Haripur. Good evening, everyone. Nice
1: to see you again. We published this book recently, Gopal Tapani Upanishad. Some of you may have seen it. Some of you may have copy. It's... Um, not readily available at this time, because the books were printed overseas from our location in California, and so they are on the boat, most of them. But There are a few copies that came in advance, and I think some of you kindly either uh, donated to help us with the publishing of that, or helped us through service to make manifest the text, and... I assume that those of you who participated in those ways have received copies. Did you get a copy? Yes. So, other than that, I believe there are some copies here, but we have Mm -hmm. a few copies. So I thought that we could discuss the text a little bit in brief, and then um, I'll answer any questions
0: that you might have. So Gopal Tapani begins, Satya Dananda Rupaya Krishna Yakishtakarine Namo Vedanta Vedaya Guru Ve Burishakrine I have um, lectured on
1: this before. Some of you may have heard some of those lectures. So still it's worth going over again. So this is the first verse of Gopal Tapani, and in this verse, obeisances are offered to Krishna. This is an introductory verse, and what we sometimes refer to as the uh, Mangala Charana verse, a verse that insp- uh, invokes auspiciousness, and this is characteristic of these type of texts sacred religious texts from the, uh, from the, of the Hindus if you will and I've in the commentary mentioned that it's it is somewhat analogous to what we have in English as a or in modern times as a preface to the text. Very often there's also some acknowledgement of others and whatnot. So in a a Mangalacharan there are a number of elements that uh, should be present. And here we find, uh, and often there's more than one verse that serves as the uh, Mangalacharan to to a sacred text. Here we have that in one text, the Mangalacharan, and all of the important elements are contained therein. so what are they the text the the mongol verse should tell us what the subject of the text is what the relationship between the text and the subject is it should tell us what the what the fruit of studying the text is and it should tell us who's qualified to hear the text who's eligible as you may know it's it's, it's been said that the, uh, the number of the sacred texts were not distributed widely in previous times in consideration of eligibility nowadays we would like to well, often in modern society do do away with that in a democratic spirit uh, but uh, this uh, there's some sense to it, just as we do not uh, admit uh, undergraduates to the graduate and doctorate courses. So everyone is not coming to this on the same, from the same place. Exactly, their past is different; their present bears that out, and their temperament study is requires a certain temperament in general, brahminical temperament. The Brahmins, of course, who in the previous times uh, were in in India the uh, teachers of the texts, the compilers often of of the texts and so forth, they were uh, as much uh, charged with disseminating the message in a palatable way as they were in imbibing it. So, of course, in Kali Yuga, this becomes a problem and the distribution of the, the text is limited, which leads us to believe that the extent to which it was imbibed by the vernacular class is also lacking. Hmm. And with the corruption of the vernacular society, the, the books have gone everywhere. <laughs> so... That is the the generosity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Kali Yuga. He has made the highest thing available to the most unqualified people. This is the true spirit of, the true sense of the term uh, magnanimous. If the highest thing is given to very highly qualified people, it is not magnanimous in the full sense. If the highest thing is given to the most unqualified, then we have true magnanimity. So still, although it's said about him uh, that he did such, and then, nonetheless he's done it in a systematic way <clears throat> and take fully take advantage of that what he came to give there's a there's a process we should accept a guide, we should live in good company and so forth, and we should and not everyone is meant to read the books that's a rather radical statement he has distributed it to everyone he has made it available to everyone but still at the same time not everyone is meant to read the books what I mean by that is is, at least in this sense not everyone is meant to read the books without guidance at a certain point we may be able to read the book write the book and give guidance. But until we arrive at such a position, hmm, then we should always be under good guidance. As I mentioned the other day, quoting bujjapad Bhakti shakshirya and the scripture is the passive agent of divinity in his terminology, and the sadhu is the active agent. So they go together. But we find very much today, unfortunately, in the international Godiya Vaishnava community, is people reading books that don't understand them. And the reason they don't understand them well is because they're not reading them under good guidance. And it's apparent that they need guidance, but they would rather uh, think that the passive agent of divinity is, is sufficient, and then things are taken out of context, and misapplied, and anybody with a keyboard you cannot see or ever evaluate their personal character has uh, set themselves up to pontificate about what the of is or, or is not. Hmm. This is a problem. You cannot just anywhere quote something and, 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 and uh, any verse, and this is Siddhanta. Hiranyakasipu has also spoken in the Bhagavatam. So many things are said there. Just quoting one verse that doesn't that doesn't mean that is Siddhanta. There's a system for arriving at what is Siddhanta. One has to know this to arrive at the proper conclusion what the book is actually saying. So So in that sense, everyone is not meant to read the book. We should hear from people who understand the books, get good guidance. Sridhar Maharaj once told us that even reading the Bhagavatam that can be a material activity. We had a discussion recently that went, took place on the internet in our the kind Vig of forum about chanting. Some of these points came up. Even the chanting can be mundane, material. Even reading the Bhagavatam. In fact, he used to say that If we offer a flower to a a Vaishnava, that is bhakti. But if the Vaishnava says, no, I don't want the flower, you say, no, take it. Then the second time, it's not bhakti. So this Krishna consciousness is coming from up to down. It's called Vaishnavism. So it's very much about um, identifying that medium through which the uh, ideal, the precepts, is uh, disseminated and paying attention there. This comes up here in this text. Krishna has been identified Guruve Buddhisakshine, among other things. So we'll get to that. But first, as I mentioned, all the elements of an an auspicious invocation are found in this particular verse of which the pranam obeisances is offered to Krishna. So this is an ancient text, this system is followed. It's an Upanishad. Upanishads particularly were not distributed widely amongst the people. They were considered to be an uncommon knowledge. The greater balance of the sacred literature is uh, not dealing with esoteric subject matter, but rather with how to make our human life more um, happy in a real sense by coloring all of our human activities with um, some sense of God. Uh, some sense that we, as we spoke a little this morning, are not uh, free to do as as we like. That that sense that we are free to do as we like and follow the mandates of the senses is, is amounts to our bondage. We have a relationship with nature. Nature is, is as uh, powerful influences that we are dependent upon in order to function in our everyday life. Without sun, as I said this morning, we cannot see. Hmm so we shall um, offer regard to the sun and so on this is the general subject matter of the greater body of the sacred literature and of course people are for the most part not interested in more than that today not even that to a large extent so the Upanishads on the other hand this is a little more uh, quite a bit more confidential. <clears throat> it's one thing to lead a religious life. It is another thing to lead a spiritual life. Um, to to bring our human activities in connection with God is one thing, and to understand that we are um, more than human, or in uh, another way, what the full p- potential of the human life is. Is another thing. The potential of human life is great. As we said the other day, in human life we have a sense. It's very profound, uh, this human life, a, a sense of all possibilities. And that's why we, as opposed to other species of life, try to do all the things that other species of life do. We try to fly in the sky, we try to swim to the depths of the ocean, climb the highest mountain, and so forth. You don't find other species of life trying to do what the other one does. The birds don't try to swim in the ocean, and the fish don't try to fly in the sky, and so on and so forth. But in human life we do that, we try to do all of those things, because in human life the sense of, of our potential as a soul is, is coming to light. Hmm? This is the time at which nature wakes up to the fact that, that, it, that, it, that it has a soul. That time is human life. It's so profound, so extraordinary. Hmm. We should think about this. It does seem like a lower topic from all of the things we've heard. Hmm. Being uh, affiliated with the Gaudiya of Vaishnavism, some of us for many years. Shall we just hear about that? Oh, I've got a human life. Now is the time for... Atato, Brahmatic, Actually, it is atato-dharma-jigna, so now is the time for religious inquiry, and if we do that nicely, then we may inquire about Brahman. As well as we've done that, we may inquire about Rasananda. But it's important to discuss these things. Once a fellow asked me, a godbrother of mine, who had been speaking about more esoteric and elevated topics, theology, of Godi Vaishnavism is, is, of course, very high. Vedanta is is very uh, low in comparison. The, the Vedanta side of our Vedabhed, Achintya Vedabed equation, and uh, more harsh. The theology is more sweet, charming, and and very high and 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 uh, difficult to follow. Often, I give lecture to the general when I'm to the general public. I feel that I am able to. Keep them following me as long as I'm speaking Vedanta, philosophy, but then I inevitably have to speak more about the theology as well to feel satisfied in myself. And then it di- becomes difficult. Their heads start to spin then. <laughs> because we've told, oh, you're not the body. Hmm? Hmm? These forms and names are not to be, we're not to put much stock in that. Hmm? What you are is the nature of consciousness. And that is pervading everywhere. Hmm? So they're coming along. And then you start speaking about Goloka. Hmm? And people in their houses and cows and their love love for Krishna. Hmm? And how they go to church on Sunday only. It's sort of very difficult to, to make that uh, uh, leap and understand how we can go from... Uh, dismissing forms and names, and then to put emphasis on name and form and Leela, pastimes, motion, movement is for those who are not complete, not satisfied, not fulfilled. Why move if you're happy? Hmm? Uh, they can follow that, but then, we, then the Leela is moving and moving. <laughs> Krishna is dancing. A little difficult. Follow. You're fortunate because you can smile and follow, follow me on this. So this, is, this has come to to uh, capture you. Go to your Vaishnavism. You're lucky. We are all lucky. But I told this fellow. He was speaking about higher topics, very high theological topics amongst devotees, and he was finding that they became confused. And so he. Uh, asked me, I hadn't seen him in many years, he was in uh, the ISKCON movement, and I have not been in that for about 20 years, and so we had met after a long time, and, and uh, he asked me about that, uh, he said, how, how did uh, Sridhar Maharaj, who was your siksa guru, speak about the higher topics in such a way that people did not become confused by that? Hmm? And he was speaking about devotees, misapplying and uh, uh, trying to apply themselves in, with regard to that which they were not eligible, which they could not do. And that in itself is an interesting side point to note. Sometimes we say we should not hear about higher topics. It's not so much a, a prohibition against the higher topics, but it's a practical um, uh, idea. It's more that you cannot hear about higher tech. It's not a law. You cannot hear about higher topics. But you're not capable. Not capable, I don't mean about hearing, but a, a, applying yourself in relation to those topics in advanced stages of, of practice. Hmm? Lila Smarnam, for example... It, it, this is, requires some purity of heart to focus the mind requires some purity of heart Dhyan, meditation is uh, uh, maybe fashionable today but who's doing that? that's another thing to actually meditate and fix the mind without distraction why does it require purity of heart? because that, without that purity of heart we have to get up we have to do something Something is calling us. You follow? That is our identification with the mind and senses. So, at any rate, I answered this fellow. I said, actually, uh, Siddhartha Maharaj, he didn't always talk about higher topics, but he had a way of talking about the lowest topics in the highest way. Hmm? He liked my answer very much. And really, in all of this, with regard to our own position, They're all high topics, high topics, very high idea. Hmm? We have some eligibility, no doubt. Normally, human life gives us eligibility to hear about religion. And if we pursue that course, as I mentioned, we become qualified to hear about Brahman. And as much as we have identified ourselves. With consciousness as opposed to matter, we have real footing, uh, capability for understanding uh, Rasananda, Krishna Lila. This is the general course. But some intervention has uh, come into play in our lives, and that is the the, the compassion and the generosity of of a sadhu, Vaishnava like my Guru Maharaj, who went all over the world and canvassed, hmm. by that sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, saiva shastra matra, sadhu sangha, sarva siddhi hai. You know this little association with the sadhu, that is, creates our good fortune. So we may become eligible hmm. for higher topics by good association. Sadhu sangha, that is the root of of our eligibility for bhakti, our faith comes from there from those bearers of faith we get faith Hmm? be careful to keep good association and then under that guidance progress gradually Hmm? step by step, in a systematic way we should hear about the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, understand the theory understand our own position in relation to that and how to go there step by step. So everybody can't hear everything at the same time. Upanishads weren't meant for the general people. The general public was to hear about religious life. Upanishads were kept for those who had uh, perfected themselves with regard to religious life mm. and this is all about of course, as I've many times said moving in the direction of sacrifice religion requires some sacrifice as I said earlier, if we, to, if we have to acknowledge that our eyes are dependent upon the sun we have to take the time out from just viewing whatever I want at any time to view the sun and, and offer respects so to the extent that we are show gratitude and acknowledge that our position is not one of independence, then we move, we make real progress in life. This is possible for human beings. Giving is possible for human beings. Voluntarily giving. Human life is valuable. This nature wakes up to the fact that it has a soul. It can think. Hmm. It knows that it is. As much as material nature as we know it, the material world is a combination of matter and spirit. We're waking up to, this, to the to the fact that consciousness is, is part of the equation, and the better part of the equation, yeah. mm-hmm. and contemplating that, consciousness contemplating itself in the midst of matter, this is possible in human life. And more than that, because if we contemplate what I am, then the fact that I, I exist hmm? then I must come to think about for what purpose I exist also hmm? I exist and for a purpose and the purpose is joy, joy Ananda, love. In human life very special opportunity we get the chance to do something voluntarily You understand what I'm saying? We get to voluntarily make a sacrifice well, while our minds and senses may call on us in a, to move in a particular direction, we get to refuse that and do something higher. We get, uh, the, uh, we get to say, you, you first. Oh, no, you first. Please, you sit down. Mm-hmm. This, this doesn't really happen until we arrive at human form of life. Mm-hmm. So this is what human life is for. Sometimes I said human life is for religion. But as I said, this is really the basis of religion. It's about sacrificing, giving. And if we take this to the full measure, we play out the ramifications of this, full giving then requires to find an object who can fully take. And that is what we mean by Krishna. That is the meaning of the word Krishna in one sense. He's the Rasaraj, he's the Rupaya here. It is mentioned in this text. Mm-hmm. He's eternal. He is, he is eternality, uh, consciousness and joy itself. Mm-hmm. All things that we sense uh, our life must be about living um knowing and being happy. He is that personified. And he is the full measure of that. So in connection with him, we can experience the full measure of what our life uh, seems to be about, what we think it's about but can't quite experience. He is the full taker, the full enjoyer. We call him the supreme uh, enjoyer. He can take unlimitedly. So in him we find that that uh, object that we can invest the full uh, power of giving. If if life is about giving, then if we find the perfect object of love, giving means love to love, we cannot give, I mean love means giving, not taking. Hmm? If we find the perfect object of love, then we can give ourselves fully, and that experience of the jiva soul fully giving itself in relation to the perfect object of love, Krishna—that is what we mean by Krishna Lila. That is the Vrindavan Lila. This is the philosophy that uh, something about it, in brief, it underlies that whole uh, dance of, of Radha Govinda, the whole affair of the Vrindavan Lila. It comes to this. Human life gives us the chance to pursue this. In a simple way, we can start. Mm-hmm. But we are fortunate that by good association, we can see what it, where, where does it go, what are the ramifications of this. Mm-hmm. So we have to become givers, not takers. Mm-hmm. And... It's possible to give to the extent that we come out from underneath the bodily conception of life. this is causing us to be on the take identifying with matter, mind and senses then we have necessities born of our material identification, and we have to pursue those so to come out from underneath that to the extent that we can do that, we can be a giver the Upanishads to seek Directly to help us to come to some understanding of that. Therefore, they're said to be uh, about immortality. Mm-hmm. But here, Gopal Thapani, I've said it is about the nectar of immortality. Mm-hmm. The uh, Upanishads in general tell us the secret as the difference between matter and spirit. This is confidential knowledge. Not everybody will be interested in that. I believe the word itself, "Opanishad," means to come and sit closely. The implication being, I can tell you a secret. I'll whisper something in your ear. It's full of so many mantras. Hmm? Gopal Thapmanid explains the significance of the principal mantra in our uh, Sampradaya, the Gopal mantra. Other than the Nam mantra, we have Hare Krishna mantra. Krishna mantra, Gopal mantra. Eighteen-syllable mantras explained in great uh, depth in this text. So that's to be whispered in the ear, confidentially, secret. Not for everyone. Confidential subject matter. Of the Upanishads, this is the supreme. That is the opinion of the bodhis. In this Upanishad, we find uh, as much as we can in the Upanishads directly about Gopal Krishna. Here Shri Devi says in her Mongol verse that obviously the subject, Vishai, one of the elements of the acharan is Krishna. That's apparent because the Mongol verse is offering pranam to him. The relationship between the subject of the text and the text is hmm, that the text explains that by which Krishna can be realized. The fruit of the text and the person eligible to hear the text, we can understand what they are by their by the fact that no fruit is being mentioned here. As a result, directly of the study of the book, it means that it's to be studied without desiring any fruit other than the study of an application of the text itself. This means uh, uh, bhakti. Hmm? You understand? For its own sake, and so the goal is 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 bhakti for its own sake, and the person eligible is one who has some adhikara, eligibility for that, shuddha bhakti, pure devotion. We're lucky we have some eligibility for that in the form of faith that's come from good company, good association. This is the grace of Mahaprabhu. It's come to us in a very interesting, systematic way. We've arrived here now. We're humans. We have Shraddha and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. Here is a secret book that was never circulated widely, uh, and now it's uh, available. We should uh, take take advantage, advantage of it, understand it, uh, apply ourselves in relation to it. And uh, there may be some controversy about such a book being printed and distributed. Some objection, as uh, I said, the principal mantra of the sampradaya is explained in some detail there, and that is supposed to be done in closed circles. Hmm? But it should be noted that without such Explanation in close circles from a qualified person to a qualified listener, then the secret will not be revealed. This is always an ongoing problem. You find it in the Gaudiya literature uh, throughout. Mm. Krishna's Kaviraj, the Sami, for example, is um, meets with the issue of whether or not to enter into Rasa in his book, Explanation of Rasa, rasa Tattva. And he reasons that uh, this is not such that it should be given to the general public. It's not for general consumption. But how can I talk about the, the truth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent without that? It is, it is, it is all Rasa all hmm. In, in the highest sense, in the most introspective moments of the Absolute, this uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu makes his, peer, his appearance. Krishna, questioning his own position, hmm, I'm Rasaraj. I thought I was. I thought this was my position. That I'm the king of the country of love, that the connoisseur of love. No one can. Uh, have such capacity to taste love hmm, as I. But seeing the measure of the the Gopi's love and Radha's love in particular, he has some self-doubt. This is a very uh, charming idea. God, people doubt God, hmm, but we teach about God doubting himself. (laughs) People doubt if there is God. (laughs) They might find our religion interesting. We teach that God has doubts about himself. Hmm? So you can join us. (laughs) It's not a problem here. Our our own God doubts himself. Hmm? Am I Rasaraj? Am I really the supreme taster of love? Hmm? I've never seen such love like this exhibited by Radha and gopis. So extraordinary. What to do? This is an ontological, uh, theological problem. Problem in the, in, in, a, in, where there is no, in Vaikuntha, there are no problems. So this is a very special problem and a very special solution must be, uh, brought out. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Antar Krishna Bahi Very special solution. Ankur, appearance Krishna makes to his own lila manifest in this world in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to experience the shortcomings of his own braj lila He's on his own home turf. Even he, he, even he performed the lila on earth. This is not a lila, human-like lila, the lila where God falls in love. Mm. So he brought it to earth where these things happen, where people fall in love. It's a fallen condition, you know. So here, on on location, it was uh, filmed, and in spite of that, in other words, even greater facility than in Golok, uh, some some shortcoming was there, and the Gorleya's an encore appearance in order to make up for that, to taste. We often think of Gaur-lila as the means to enter Krishna Lila. If we go deep inside of Krishna Lila, as far as we can go, where we will find ourselves? Where in the Gaur-lila. So this means, as I said, Krishna, the absolute, in his most introspective moments, doubting himself. This brings about the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so Chaitanya... How can Krishna, as kaviraj Goswami, write about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm, and not talk about these things? He's perplexed. Of course, other authors have not talked about it as much or to... Uh, uh, as great of an extent, but he was last uh, in the line of the um, biographers of Mahaprabhu in in the first and second generation time in which the 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 significance of his appearance was uh, thought was was being made uh, available in literature. Hmm? And uh, his work was under the direction of the Gosamis, who were particularly empowered by Mahaprabhu to explain everything about him. Rupa Gosami was blessed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, put his feet on his head. Mahaprabhu put his feet on his head and blessed him. all the truths of the sacred literature will be known to you. And you have the power to disseminate them. So he blessed Krishna Kaviraj, Sanatan Prabhu, Jeeva Goswami, they blessed Krishna Kaviraj to make this available. We can see that the, the Leela of Mahaprabhu is Goswamiized in the writing, of, if you will, of uh, Krishna Kaviraj Goswami. It's Sanskrit-ized uh, to a large extent and, and uh, brought fully in harmony with the Bhagavatam. It's a great work. Mm-hmm. Masterpiece, absolute masterpiece. And he was, this question uh, came to mind, how uh, can I not write about Rasa Vichar, deliberation on on, on Rasa Tattva, and write about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? but how can I do that at the same time when these topics are so high? So he thought, let me write about it in a way that only those who are qualified can understand. And those who are not, will not understand. Hmm? That was his idea. It's written in that way. Hmm? Not everyone can understand. But under good guidance, from a person who understands, so as I'm standing there, oh, then we can go there gradually. So with regard to this text, it's speaking about esoteric uh, topic. The... In the Purva in the first part of this book, the, the principal mantra of the Sampradaya, this is very secret, the hmm? Gopal mantra, this is a secret mantra to be whispered in the ear. So some question may come how we can distribute this book widely. Hmm? But again, this is the problem everyone has uh, who's interested in these topics. Hmm? This, is, this, is the, this is the dilemma of love itself, that, that love wants to share itself by its very nature but as it starts to share itself it finds oh it's not being appreciated people are not qualified they don't understand it i'm celebrating something very wonderful you may have fallen in love with the girl next door and you want to tell everyone about it but yep somebody goes "Ah, so what <laughs> yeah yeah what else is new and you think, oh goodness! I cannot speak about this here. Hmm? So, as much as love wants to share itself, it, it also has to hide itself. So, with regard to this text, then we oh, have tried to, try to make, it, make it available to devotees, and of course beyond that. But we've emphasized somewhere in the in the uh, in the commentary the fact that without hearing this uh, under good guidance, you cannot really access you can hear the mantra and hear the explanation of the mantra that is one thing but what is the experience of the mantra that is another thing altogether that cannot be put into words Hmm. just like I've said before the experience of getting when we give cannot be explained it's not possible Hmm. cannot put it into words what to speak of this full idea of giving that we call Krishna Consciousness, what can we got from that? Hmm? It's given It's in given the form of a mantra, yeah. a seed form, hmm? and if we take very good care of that in the ways that are prescribed, received that, yeah. you cannot go and steal it from a book. You know, if the active agent of the book gives that to you, then and you take care of that, as he says, I remember myself, when I was young, I used to distribute Prabhupada's books, and the first time that his um, beautiful uh, edition of the Bhagavatam was printed in hardbound volumes, previous to that we had little paperback chapters of certain various sections of the Bhagavatam, and then six volumes came out, the first canto, the second canto, and the first volume of the third canto, all at once. The beautiful hardbound volumes with the pictures and so forth, and and so it was a w- very uh, uh, blissful moment. I was very much involved in distributing Prabhupada's books, and this was early on. And one of my friends who was uh, in the movement at that time was very much involved in organizing distribution of the books. And he called me early in the morning and said, these books have arrived. You come and see them." He went in the lock in key into the book room, and there we found boxes and boxes, and we opened one after another. And we were intoxicated. It was a Saturday morning. And Saturday morning, we used to round up all the devotees and uh, from the household community. This was in Los Angeles, which was a rather large community devotee community at the time. And we would assign them this car, these two will go in this car, these two will go in this car, and they will go to this place and that place. And we would pack lunches for them, and everyone would go out for, on that day, on Saturday, for book distribution myself and another devotee organized that I would go personally door to door in the community and remind everyone you post a sign this is your place and so forth so these books came on a Saturday morning and everyone was getting ready to go out for Sankirtan and we thought oh if we give them these books today they'll all become intoxicated by reading them and none of them will be distributed Mm. so we wanted to serve the the books and, uh, and uh, so we, we didn't give them out to everyone, anyone. We sent them out, and then with the, when they come back after the day, this would be the fruits. We'll give them the books. <laughs> that was our reasoning. But I was the, always the last one to go out on Saturday after organizing everyone else, and I would go by myself. I used to go out in Prabhupada's car. It was a little Toyota station wagon. It was, when he would come, we would drive him in that car. So I would go in that car to the airport and it was illegal to sell books at the airport then so I would go with a suitcase and this time I was taking those books. But the, the effect that I was concerned that others would experience, I was experiencing I had to push myself to sell the book rather than to sit down and read the book. And, but I was sitting down because I used to sit down in those days next to a person and I'd say, hello, where are you from, nice to meet you. <laughs> and then I would reach into my suitcase and make sure that no security guards were around, and then I would hand him the book, I said, look at that, I'd like to show you this. And he would look at the book, and then I would, I, I became so, uh, I loved Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam was always my favorite book. This is of course, before chaitanya Charitamrita came out, but um, uh, this is the very heart of Krishna, Srimad Bhagavatam. Oh, so I live for the lecture of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which we would do every day. I would live for that. And when, when Prabhupada would give a lecture, this was in the early days in Los Angeles, and he spent many, many months there, I would listen, I could memorize every word of his class, and then I would drive out and I would repeat it to whoever was in the car. And I was very much attracted always to Srimad Bhagavatam. And here these books were, so, such a nice edition, and so many of the texts that I hadn't written. Prabhupada's emotional ecstasies in the form of his purports and so forth. And I was giving them to these people who didn't know what it was about or have any appreciation, perhaps. So I found myself handing them the book and then just praising the book. This is a very special book. You have to be very, I'd like to give this to you. You have to be very careful. I keep it. I, I would tell them, "Don't take it into the bathroom <laughs> with you." But in a really simple way, I was uh, cautious, and they—they they just saw that I was so um, attracted to the book, so enamored by the book that they developed some regard for it. And they would ask, "Can I give you something for that?" Hmm? This was the first day. Other times, I was never, never shy to ask them to give something. But this day, I was too much intoxicated by the the book itself. They would say, can I give you something for that? I said, yes, you can give. (laughs) Hmm? That way then I sold all the books, came home. I couldn't talk when I came back to the temple. And my friend, Ramaswar Prabhu, was working in conjunction with me. He just saw me, took one look at me. He knew, don't ask him anything. here." He just gave me my six books and I went home. I was... uh, married when i joined the temple so i was living across the street and i went home and offered Artik to the bhagavatam so at any rate this is a very um confidential topic these things Bhagavatam. it should be given out but who will it be given to this is always a problem will they take advantage of it will they re- Will they regard it appropriately? I was telling them, all the gods will come in your home (laughs) if you keep this on the shelf. (laughs) Even if you don't read it. Even if you only read one word, your life will be changed. Hmm. So, we have something very, very special. Something very special has been given to us. We should take advantage of it. Hmm. We should learn how to take care of it. It's a great gift, the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The teaching, the literature, uh, the mantram, Krishna nam. These are our gifts. This is what the guru has to give us. We should not think, approach the guru for, for other things. Hmm? Anything you may get, but this is the real gift. We got. Uh, what, what did Tasco uh, Sami say? Namaste. Namaste. Sachiputram. Atrasto rupam. Hmm. Nice verse. Pucapata Sri explanation of it is very nice. Hmm. Oh Mahabrabhu, Raghunata says, My Dev has given me Nama the highest conception of the name of Krishna, son of Sachi. Nama Papi Sachi Putram. Rupam. He brought me in touch with uh, the Gosamis, Srupa Damanar, Balita Saki, Sanatana Goswami has shown the way, uh, given the guidelines, hmm. and Sri Rupa has talked about uh, the possibility of rasa, uh, ahudness, so, so, gobardhan, hmm? he has given me govardhan,
0: and Vrindavan,
1: <coughs> to say about Radha malava <coughs> all these things. You said, when we become acquainted with all these things, hmm. we can have such feeling as Das Goswami has in this pranam, and we can say we've understood what our guru Dev is about. So we should... Uh, this, this is what the Guru has to give us. He has to have something of value, hmm? some inner life, and to share that with us, share that wealth with us, through the speaking, through the giving of the mantra. In this way, we become eligible to enter into the secrets of these types of texts. Otherwise, it's not possible. Also, we've published this and we distributed it. We want to distribute it as widely as possible. Mostly it is for devotees. Hmm? But some uninitiated people, or those who are not, who don't have shraddha, they may also contact it. But they cannot understand the mystery of the mantra, even with the explanation. What can words do anyway? The explanation is limited. The whole explanation here is merely in the first part of this book, which is Explanation of Gopal Mantra, meant to inspire us to give full attention to that mantra, to take care of that mantra, to treat it uh, appropriately. So we should do our practice like this, find some time, make time for this. Serious spiritual practice. When you chant uh, Krishna Nam, or if if you've been given that, or Krishna Mantram, then you'll find real wealth beyond what anything has been described in this book or by previous charges. This is a subject that you cannot say enough about. Hmm? Advaitans will say you cannot say anything about it. But we say what? Ikshite naa shabdat. Speech cannot do justice to this, but that doesn't mean we will not speak about it. We will never stop speaking about it. We cannot say enough about it. It's not possible. donia. Sadahari. Hmm? If we humble ourselves before this, then we realize that kirtaniya sadahari. This is my only problem. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to say in his old age, my disease, I cannot talk about Krishna uh, without stopping. I have to stop. His disciples are making him stop for the sake of his health. And in consideration of his health, he said, this is my bad health. This is my only bad health, my only disease. I cannot talk about Krishna without stopping. Kittaniya Sadahari, this is our ideal.